Good afternoon. You're very welcome to local media this week, the programme here on SBCR where we talk about what's in the media covering County Clare and our own neck of the woods in East Clare. This week uh, I thought I was being relegated back to the subs bench but uh, <laughs> I said we, we, we needed a bit of help uh, I think uh, because uh, we, we've lost two people to babysitting duties. We'll have, we'll have to, uh, do you know Luke? Our lack of babysitting duties. <laughs> I think we're going to have to provide a, a, a crash. Yeah. A, a crash, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll have to set up a crash but uh, anyway I, I, as the dulcet tones imply John S. Kelly, good <laughs> afternoon. afternoon. You're here, afternoon. present and correct and back from his holidays of which we're going to hear more about Anon. Absolutely. Bringing the good weather with him, Pat yeah. O'Brien. You're very welcome back, Pat. Thanks, Luke. Uh, Perfect. Now, Pat, um, the, the, the headlines aren't good in relation to both papers, and it's basically hospital issues. Uh, page 1, 3, and 6 in The Champion, and page 8 on The Echo, and page 1, 5, and 9. The uh, front of The Echo end the corridor uh, deaths. Crowds take to the street, nurses demoralised, motion to reopen, NSA&E, patients afraid of UHL, which is a topic that is in both papers. Uh, we'll say on page 8 and 9, uh, Parik McMahon has two articles there, and one of them is in relation to, we were promised a centre of excellence, we got a war zone. Like, talking about a hospital, that's not a great headline. Well, I mean, Luke... People afraid to go to UHL. Yes. That's third world type of situation. Yeah. Isn't it? It is. Oh, it's serious. Huh? Yeah. It's serious. serious. I mean, we, the papers, our local papers are full of articles this week dealing with, as you said, dealing with dissatisfaction, pointing out the, the weaknesses that are there. I mean, Dan Danaher has it on the front page of the champion. People afraid to go to UHL, Regional Health Forum here. Clare people are afraid to go to University Hospital Limerick due to chronic overcrowding, huge trolley numbers in the ED, which is emergency department, and corridors, a a councillor has claimed. Liam Grant, councillor, told the HSE West Forum meeting on Tuesday that patients were dying due to overcrowding in UHL, and the longer a person waits on a trolley, the higher the risk of sickness or even death. Yeah. Yeah. And he said that having visited the hospital, he said there is a lack of dignity and respect treating patients in the hospital. And quote, it has gone to the stage where people are afraid to go to UHL. Staff are exhausted and demoralised. Sadly, this isn't something that just appeared. No, we're, we're, we're meeting it every week now, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, but it's been ongoing for years. It has. Do you yeah. remember, are you young enough or old enough, both of you, to remember... Uh, when the major movement was made to shift certain sections out of the NS hospital in order to ensure a center of excellence uh, for the yeah. Midwest in Dorodoy. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. 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 Now, rate, rate, looking back on it, rate the success of that uh, strategy of 10. Well, John, sure it, was a, it was a real failure, really, because... Yeah. Uh, they, they didn't prepare for um, for the for the we'll say the, the, the when they when the team, they basically closed they, they closed A and E in Ennis and Nina, 
right? Yeah. And the, the lads with the account, the accountants, yeah. had basically worked out that I think that was approximately going to be four or five extra people a day would require hospitalisation in Limerick. So what did they do? In a normal place, you'd think that they'd have accommodation to fit these four or five extra people. Yeah. They did nothing. Yeah. And wards got closed. Yeah. So then you're sort of asking the question, how was this allowed to happen? You went from uh, the health boards to the HSE, and uh, I think one could put forward the argument that the creation of the HSE as an entity in itself is probably at the root of many of these problems. Because while everybody would, uh, would admit that there were probably political issues, maybe more so with the makeup of the health boards, yeah. I don't remember the huge problems that we had. That was under was that the with, under the um, the old the old health boards yeah, local health, health yeah you know you eight or, I think it was the yeah. eight health boards around the country and yeah. that's technically how things are going to go back yeah. yeah so it's a little bit like they've admitted that they've made a mistake but uh, they said all the people that sort of uh, got promoted and you know increased in rank and increased in pay everybody will tell you that once you can physically get into a hospital the treatment and the care that you are given is exemplary but you have to get in the inside, vast majority, absolutely inside the but you have to get in yeah you, you have to be able to get in so it's not a problem with the staff on the ground mm. it's sort of higher up the chain yeah and you say what are they doing and who are they accountable to how many hours uh, <clears throat> would you expect to have to wait in limerick now if you're into the accident and well, emergency. Well, it probably depends, John. Hmm? Uh, it, it would depend on when you're there, obviously, well, and, you know, no, versus a Saturday night or anything like that. I but know. I would imagine in general it could be six hours. Oh, that would be it. That would be magic. Yeah. One of these articles here has it going to 20 hours. Yeah. No, okay, I'd be dead at that stage. It's crazy, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. 80, 80 patients on trolleys in, on Wednesday. It's down from 87 on Monday. There should yeah. be zero patients on trolleys. But yeah. again, this country doesn't do planning. We'll, we'll allude to it before the end of the half. Yeah. With regards to other matters. It appeals this huge problem is, is in Limerick, and I can't see, see why they can't solve it. Because a, a lot, the nurses' organisation done, done a survey of all the hospitals on a day there recently. Yeah. And there was, none, there, was, there was no trolley no no trolley in Dublin. In Dublin. But yeah. it appears, uh, Limerick is the top of the league all the time. Now in Galway you might have some in Galway. Yeah. Yes, but Limerick appears to be in the top of the league all the time. problem in Limerick. Yeah. yeah. Now, I just see, Porrick has two articles there on page eight and nine in the Echo, and one is in relation to, um, that we said there was a protest inside Nennis uh, last yeah. weekend. One is in relation to Marie McMahon, and she, she shared the story of her husband in 2019. Now, this is, he, he died in April 2018 and spent 36 hours on a trolley four years ago. No. Mm. No. Okay? Yeah. And then. And, and died on the trolley. And died on the trolley. Mm. <clears throat> you know? And um, there, then on page nine, we, it sort of talks about uh, the um, demonstration, I suppose, and protests that took place at the weekend. And health activist Angela Collin is pictured there on, on the Echo. And. Uh, I think she's the lady that came out with the promises of a centre of excellence have resulted in the war zone. But she, she said, of the record 126 people left waiting on trolleys in April, 
she remarked that over the past year, it doesn't cover the fact that 6,670 people walked out of UHL because they couldn't wait to be seen. Now that is, oh Pat, do the sums for me there. Is that 200 people a day? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Now, one could argue that pro probably a lot of, uh, a high number of those people shouldn't have been sort of going to A&E in the first place, that they could have been dealt with, you know, we'll say, yeah. by, by, by um, uh, you know, we'll say, other means, but... Why not, why not, why not open up the uh, hospital in uh, Nina, John's hospital in Limerick, and the hospital in, in Ennis? Why not open those three for A and D? Well, the... They talk about manpower and numbers and you need to be able to have a certain number of people going through to be able to justify it. This is the whole thing about centre of excellence, John. But as I said, we get a war zone instead of a centre of excellence. You get a centre because yeah. basically that's where you have to go, yes. but there's not much excellence about it. Angela, what is her name? Angela Call. Angela Call made a point. In the event of a fire emergency, she said, there is not a snowball's chance the corridors could be evacuated. She's an, an endless woman. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm quite sure she's serious about what she said there and what, what's been written. We have an approximate population of 120,000 in Clare and we're the only county of its size without an accident and yeah. emergency yeah. unit. None yeah. in County Clare. Yeah. So who's going to take the lead, Luke? Well, no one is the short answer. But our, our lads, we, I mean, we have our... Ladies who are in politics, haven't we? Uh, yeah, but what have, they, what have they been able to do over the last number of years? Political pressure must be ramped up to solve the crisis that's uh, the hidden here on the, on the champion. On the who's saying that, Pat? Uh, well, it doesn't say who, who's... It doesn't I, say. Who's right in the, the aspect. Between yeah. April 19 and May 6, the number of patients on trolleys in UHL alone were greater than the whole of the Eastern Region hospitals, including all Dublin and Kildare hospitals. Yeah, yeah. That was a shocking statistic delivered by hospital campaigner Marie McMahon during the hospital, hospital rally. Describing this as shameful, Gina Samuel resident recalled on April the 21st, the highest number of recorded 126 was reached, which is unacceptable. Yeah. yeah, that's just about her husband there again, then about her husband Tommy on, on, on the trolley for 36 hours. Yeah, yeah. and I, I noticed just sort of on a side topic, sort of somewhat relation, related to it, the main uh, headline in the champion this week is GP service defends its operations as Shannon Dock response times drop sharply early in the year. Dan Dan, her writing in relation to that as well. Now, um, I know in relation to Shannon Dock for this area, there is a huge issue in relation to the number of doctors that are physically able to man it. Do you, do you have the update on that? Well, I, I don't, but basically Shannon Dock in sort of what used to be in Killaloo is now yeah. operating out of Nina. Nina now? Yeah, Nina, pretty yeah. much. You know, which, you know, as I said, 2022 marks the 20th anniversary of Shannon Dock's foundation in Clare. Yeah. It's treated about 700,000 patients from Clare and on average more than 30,000 a year. Yeah. You know, it's, um, there's, we said an issue issued to the Clare champion. Uh, the reinstate Shannon Dock committee expressed concern about response times and asked is the delay in reaching, reaching pa patients a staffing issue 
or is it because doctors covering the service are providing cover in Limerick and Tipperary as well in this border of service, the out-of-hours uh, GP co-op now operates? Yeah. Like, my doctor uh, operates out of uh, Clare. Yes. Uh, I, w I won't state where, but we'd say she's in East Clare. And she winds up, when she does, she, she does work with Shannon Dock, and she winds up covering most of her time in Tipperary. Why so? Because she said it's down to lack of numbers. They don't have the numbers to do it, and you know that goes back to the whole thing with GP practices in general, which is in, in, in you know trouble. which is a topic we, we could talk we could talk yeah. about another day. But anyway, by the way, it, it, we, we just are, for our listeners' sake, uh, just um, to make them aware that replacing GPs has become a national problem. It's uh, not apparently. A desirable. There's an article in, on one of today's papers, uh, not not our local papers, but uh, national papers. Uh, an article in relation to the number of doctors, young doctors, who are heading off to uh, Australia or are in Australia mm. and are responding back in in interviews. Okay, yeah. I mean the conditions under which junior doctors and interns have to work apparently are just not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. And they're usually on hours as well too. And are awful yeah. hours. Awful mm. hours, yeah. 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 Nothing new there. No, I said no. this country we don't do much about planning. But anyway, mm. okay. we're go we're go we're sort of going to talk about um, maybe a happier times now, what John. Are, what are we going we're, to do? We're going back to one of our normal topics. We're going to Shannon. With good but, news. Well with a little bit of good news, a little bit of bad news. No. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we say page three of the champion I see Owen Ryan is writing, Pat, Henry optimistic for future of Shannon. Colonel Henry, I am yeah. pleased to see the airport already recovering. Yeah, Owen Ryan is the, is the story here, and, and, and uh, time for policy, time for policy, time for policy to address Dublin airport dominance as well. I agree that policy needs to change. No, Shannon Group Chairman Colonel Henry told the Office Train Committee and Transport communications on Wednesday, but I acknowledge that it would be difficult to make the changes required and that he didn't have all the answers to what needs to be done. He warned that if there isn't an effective policy solution, a meeting like the one he was attending will take place over and over again with people speaking about imbalance. In general, he said one, he said one outlet having 87% of the market is something that would need to be adjusted. If we were a private business and 87% of the widgets were being made in one factory and dropped in, dropped into another, for we could re-evaluate, we would need to re-evaluate our strategy. At the meeting, Timmy Dooley claimed that the previous year's Shannon Group had not focused enough on aviation, which he, he said is by far the most important aspect of the operations. He claimed that successes in terms of property portfolio had been used to take the focus off the failure to increase passenger numbers. When he said aviation in general in, in, is the really important part of the group's remit. So I suppose there's a, a certain amount of truth in that probably as well, do you know? There is. There's a little bit of sort of news in that, but I'm going to go to page four of the Clare Echo. And Parik McMahon has an article. O'Kaley felt frozen out of information. So, Pat, you were talking there about um, Colonel Henry, who is the new man at the chair of Shannon Group. But 
The previous man, and as I said, the Shannon Group has had its issues in sort of trying to hold on to uh, staff, and, uh, get staff and hold on to them yeah. at, at the top. And fresh information has emerged following Patrick O'Kady's sudden resignation as chair of Shannon Group after six months in the role. Now, he stepped down in March, and there's a few facts and figures here, John, that um, I, I don't know were you aware of, but uh, I would say good work by Porrick. He had been appointed on a three-year term, uh, €21,600 per annum, which isn't excessive. Oh. Uh, time requirements retired between 15 to 20 days a year and the attendance of at least eight board meetings. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, you could say he's getting 20000 a year for you know, working maybe 20 days a year and then another eight board meetings. But I, I don't think that's too bad value for money. You no, know, not say, at all. You know, uh, for, I mean, for what it is. But the preparation work you'd have to put in. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. But um, mm. then we say he was approved uh, in October by the Green Party uh, leader. And, you know, that was after the, the previous... Uh, Yes. person appointed uh, had to withdraw after a series of distasteful tweets emerged. But th there's a worrying um, bit to this. There certainly is, Luke. I mean, there is, for example, O'Kady has indicated that he was frozen out of accessing and getting information. He also said that uh, he didn't feel that he was getting the full support of the board. Okay. One wonders who, what, and why. Yeah. They knew why was Okadia uh, obliged to hand in his resignation. Who was responsible for that? What were the issues that arose which created that? We don't know that yet, lads, do we? The articles do, do, don't tell us. Don't, no, no. For Pariko Keiji, for his own reasons, work and family commitment left. Connell Henry is a very good appoint appointment. He appears to have very good knowledge around the area. Is he going to get the support of the board? Yeah. Yeah, there's a bit here. When asked by the clerical if he yeah. have concerns, uh, or Kelly, the professor, mm. Conor Henry would encounter similar issues. Uh, Deputy Kieran O'Donnell responded, Parig O'Keda has his own reasons, work and family commitments left. Conor Henry is a very good appointment, he appears to have custom and dodged the issue. Conor Henry is a very good appointment, he appears to have a very good knowledge about the area and he has formal experience of the aviation sector. We look forward to working with him collectively as a committee in terms of family effort itself and will be in the four-hour committee shortly, which is the uh, procedure in terms of chair designate taking up positions. But of course, that's only a, uh, a follow-up from there, from Kieran yeah. O'Donnell, really. Well, so hopefully things will resolve themselves, but I don't think yeah. too many people had issues with Padraig O'Kady getting the job in the first place. It was a, it was a, a well, a, an appointment that was well Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, and yes. we'll say he met uh, Minister Ryan Eamon Ryan on February 23rd, but one month later he tendered his resignation. Yeah. Okay, now, as I said, Colonel Henry is the, the next man up. We wish him the very best, and hopefully he will have a long and successful tenure. But there are issues in relation to that. As you said, John, who, mm. why, and what? Mm. Mm. Very, very interesting. 
So yeah. I'm sure we'll be talking about that again. But we're going to talk about Shannon John in a little, little different way because two of the three people in this room have had experience of going through the airport. Oh, indeed. In yeah. recent times. Indeed. And said, Very uh, recent times. Yes. I, I, I said, I, I was through it myself on uh, Sunday and Tuesday. And, uh, and what was your experience like? Oh, sure. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. No, I have to say, I was very uh, happy to see a bit of life. There were people there. Now, my flight out was around, I think, half one, two o'clock. But there was, there was life and there was activity. And you were going to I was England. going to Manchester and the flight was full. No, it wasn't full coming back. Mm. Uh, but it was full going out. And, uh, as usual, flew through security. Uh, how, did that, how did your security experience uh, compare to what we're reading about on a daily basis in Dublin? Oh, um, well, I put the bag on the... Uh, I put the bag into the box. Yeah. I didn't take anything out of it, and I walked on through. If, if this were, uh, let's say, three years ago, you'd have to be taking oh, stuff well, you'd be, out. You'd, you'd be you? taking stuff out, and you'd be taking, you know, if you'd have, if you'd the bottle have, of this and the bottle. Yeah, of that. And, uh, if you had, if you had your a computer or an iPad or yeah. anything like that, you'd be throwing those into mm. separate things. Now you yeah. still take off the shoes, but that's more related, I think, to the Americans for the security. Can, can I ask you this, Luke hmm. and and Pat? Do you put your passport into that bin? Yeah, per personally, yes, because they ask you to empty all your pockets. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. the same, but uh, I have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. um, my, my passport could easily be whipped yeah. in a crowded situation. Good, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, if you were a bit slow getting, you know, if there yeah, was a lot of yeah, people... You see, they, you're, yeah. you've lost eye contact yeah, yeah. with your... But, for a period of time. Yeah. yeah. No, that t to me sounds like a. But say whatever about the passport, John, your, your mobile phone could be taken too. You know, so yes, th there are different things. But look, mm. you'd argue that there, there's lots of cameras. But anyway, enough about me. <laughs> Pat, you were going to Spain, so tell yeah, us all. Tell us all about it. Yeah, we were. We, yeah, we know how long we went through. Uh, it was a good crowd there, and the four was actually from the the, the Ryanair flight. Yeah. The Ryanair flight was full. Yeah. So we, we got thrown up, no problem, and begging and open up to the gate, and no matter of sales, and onto the, no problem getting out. And parking? Well, the park, yeah, on, when, on the way back then, um, our bag, I thought the bag was a bit overweight on the way back, but when we came to the Ryanair, um, that was only one of two kilos maybe, yeah. when we came to the Ryanair, I think put it in, anyway, she, she had so wet out there, they might, they might, uh, they might say, you got, the, you got the duty free back pass. It went, it went, it went, it went, it went through anyway. Yeah. Uh, no problem. So the only problem we had when I came back to Shannon was I got a bit of a shock with the parking because uh, we didn't book the parking. And I'm afraid my wife had rang him about it. And, but anyway, we didn't book it. You have to go online. And she, I think she was trying online to get her booked and she was failing to, to get through what you had. Anyway, we went down and we parked and uh, we came back. Came back on the Friday night last this night week. At yes, no, we 12, missed you. We missed you by the way. Twelve o'clock. Uh, I took out my car from my wallet and put it into the machine, and there was one hundred and fifty euro for the week for the parking. One hundred and fifty. One hundred and fifty. We take that slowly. Yeah. That's seventy-five. Seventy-five a week. Yeah. No, you were gone for one week. Pat. I was only one week. Yeah. Oh, you only gone for one week. One week. Yeah, from Friday to Friday. Oh come on. One hundred and fifty. Yeah. One hundred and fifty euro. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Pat. I got a bit of a shock trying to have to, I have to, I do, have yeah. to go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Luke? Well, well, no, I can say um, I used the park for less. You know, no, it's advertised at the yeah. airport. Um, so I, I, no, I was gone just over two days, but of course got par- the charged for three. 24 euros. In total? In total. So, yeah. Pat, uh, you know, I think yeah. you'd want to be uh, getting you out the WWW and, well, I think and booking it in future. I think I might get somebody to drop me down anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, it's, it's seriously, lads, that is, that is outlandish. Well, it is, but I think it, it's sort of been a bit indicative of what a lot of the airports are actually doing to try and gain back a little bit of money. Because yeah. I, I know over in the UK now, um, a lot of them are, are charging, I think they're talking about doing it up in Dublin as well, that you know, say, um, if you were dropping someone to the airport, yeah, yeah. and you were just literally dropping Drop them, yeah. Uh, we say in many airports now in the UK, there's a min- minimum fee, five pounds. And I think they're trying to bring a charge into Dublin Airport as well. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're only phys- dropping someone, literally, yeah. you know, ten second job, they're still going to charge you. They're they're trying to get they're trying to get rid. I I say dare I say it, they're trying to do Ryanair and sort of get a, every little bit of revenue out of you, out of you that, that that they can. But speaking about sort of getting screwed, page four in the champion. Sky high car rental cost damaging to clear seasonal tourism market. Owen Ryan. Where's that? Uh, page four, John. And it says car pr- higher prices at Channel oh, are six times more expensive than tourists arriving at Madrid and more than twice as pricey as in London. In London, yeah. I mean, you didn't hire a car, did you, when you were in, in going to. No, in no, I, I was on public transport. Uh, I was on the train. Yeah. I, I, and I should mention, uh, for David's sake, I, I got the train from the airport, John. You got the train <laughs> from the airport? train at the airport. At the airport. At the airport, yes. Yeah, I know where that's heading. Yes. Yeah. But uh, Owen says, on Wednesday afternoon, going through the website, the cheapest car rental for uh, the 10th to the 17th of June. So, okay, it's yeah. sort of in high season, but... Yeah. Uh, 1106 euros for a week. 1100. Yep. And six. Mm. Uh, for an SUV, uh, you know, all the hip yeah. and happening people travel in an SUV. 2000. So we know, 1991 euros 97 cents. In contrast, if you went to Madrid and hired a car for the same period, it would cost you 158 euros for a small car or 258 euros for an SUV. So 258 versus nearly 2,000. As, uh, versus, yeah. yeah. Uh, a, a man we've alluded to previously on, on the show, uh, Donny O'Sullivan, who w- works with CNN, you know, and I think was responsible for uh, the fishermen, um, you know, getting rid yes. of the old Russian tra- uh, yes, yes, yes. boats, uh, you know, with, the, with the, the West Cork fishermen. Yeah. He alluded to uh, a car hire in, I think it was at Dublin airport for a month in June. Uh, no, I think it was for like a minivan, like a seven-seater, nearly 4,000 yeah. euros for a week. He said, you'd nearly buy a car for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's good. You know? Yeah. You know, so like, that, 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 that seems to be, I don't think that's sort of an issue that there's price gouging going on in Shannon. I think it just seems to be that the car rental companies don't have enough cars. And you know why that happened? I well, mean, they, got, they got caught over... Over two years, over they pandemic. Yes. They had, to, they had to sell. Yeah. But, of course, it was a market that um, was very attractive as well, you know. So the, the higher car companies did sell off their stock 
during uh, the COVID. But the, the, the okay. Spanish ones, what do the Spanish ones do? Do they keep on, like if you go to Madrid, you, 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 you're going to have a couple of hundred euros? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't know how to I, I didn't know, no, no. Yeah. We, we, we used taxis and yeah. they were cheap enough. Tell us what kind of, of pricing uh, generally did you notice in Spain? Uh, yeah, as it's a, fine. As against, it's as fine. You, 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 get an, um, you get a main course now. A lovely, lovely main course of maybe 12, 13 euro. Yeah. Um, um, and that um, a pint, pint of the, the, you know, the lager of the San Miguel would be about 354 yeah. euro. Um, and the worst wine is cheap. Yeah, and had the wine you, is cheap. Had yeah. you happy yeah. hour, Pat? <laughs> and uh, otherwise, it was happy hours. Yeah. Happy so hour. you were plenty happy. Yeah. You got to you got to see the hurling. So uh, yeah, we got you're, to see the hurling. Oh yeah, you're, did you're, you? Your 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 county did well while while you were gone. So <laughs> got to see the hurling. I presume you'll be heading to Turles uh, yeah. in, in, in yeah. a week or two. Yeah, but okay. I tell you, we're going to move on now. Just going to Rainier before Rainier yeah. was full going out and on the way back as well out yeah. to, to Malaga. Yeah, well, Good. hopefully so, more more they, yeah. Michael gets the the hint and puts a few more flights out through. Shannon. We're going to move on, John. During yeah. the week, uh, you and I were over in uh, Clooney for the launch of a very interesting uh, plan by the community there between Clooney and Spansel Hill, an energy plan. Mm. And uh, in, in next week's show, we're going to uh, feature the launch of it and there's interviews. You, you, took, you carried out a few interviews in relation to it as well. But slightly related to it, page 14 in The Champion, there is, um, it's the North and West Clare page, and we're actually talking about Galway, but I'm sure it's close enough to us. Uh, group angry at bid to haul wind farm decommission, and Derry Brine losses more than doubled in one year. Dan Danaher has the two articles here. Yeah. But it's basically in relation to Derry Brine, the uh, wind farm that was put into Derry Brine. Uh, it seems as if uh, the full planning regulations weren't uh, dealt with at the time. How? 20 years later, uh, we sort of started getting fined from the EU. And um, Look, now tell me. there's an issue made to take it all down. Yeah, well, when you tell me, the Derry Brine project began how long ago? I think around 2000. 20, yeah, 20, nearly 20, well, yeah, yeah, 20 22 years. years ago, yeah. yeah. And you're, this is for the listeners now. And you're saying that they did not comply with the normal regulations governing. No, there was planning. There was planning issues in relation to it, and especially after um, the landslide that happened there. See, you know, we say a lot of yeah. it is on bog. That happened back in two thousand and three. But there's lots of issues in relation to it. We'll say Dan writes here. Uh, EU fines amounting to a lump sum of five million and a daily fine of fifteen thousand plus legal costs were imported by the European Court of Justice in November 2019. For as long as the actual... Uh, uh, Until it's, as long as it's still there. Taken down. And tell me, is there no way uh, that we're able to uh, introduce rectifying uh, measures? I mean, the little things are there. How many, how many, of them, how many wind uh, mills did you say? I think, I think there are 70. 70? Yeah. 70. 70, yeah. Seven, there are seven, seven, Dan has it here, mm -hmm. we'll say in the second article, there are seven, 70 wind turbines. But it seems, John, uh, Environment Minister Eamon Ryan has tried to seek an EU derogation to stop the decommissioning, but was told by the Attorney General that there is no legal mechanism to do it. 
I says, in a hard-hitting statement, the Derry Bryan Environment Group claimed the intent displayed by the councillors, which would be Galway councillors, yeah. and at least one local Dáil deputy to blatantly disregard their legal obligations would lead to continuing fines of €15,000 per day for Ireland. Uh, the cost to date is in the region of £20 million and will mount rapidly, allied to the fact this is a loss-making operation and has been and has been for a substantial period demonstrates the economic illiteracy of the debate carried out at Galway County Council. Now, I'll just talk about that a little bit because Dan's second article is very interesting in relation to it because he says that losses incurred by Gort Wind Farms Limited, which uh, has been instructed to decommission the 70 turbines, doubled to almost 2.5 million over a 12 month period. How? I'm what? not really Why? sure. Pat, have you any thoughts on it? I don't really know any of this. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the, the, are, they, are, they, are they not working on them? Maybe they haven't closed off Luke, have they? Yeah, I, like, there's, a, there's a, a question here just at the end of the article. It says, full site capacity is the total electricity that a wind farm could produce if each turbine was producing electricity at full output. Yeah. The load factor for Gort Wind Farms Limited uh, for 2018, and Gort Wind Farms Limited uh, is, we say, is the company, yeah. which is owned by Hibernian Wind Power Limited, a company incorporated in Ireland, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of the ESB. Oh, for God's sake. Okay, but it says the load factor for 2018 was 24.5% compared yeah. to 24 in 2017. Turnover from electricity sales increased from 5.5 million in 2017 to 7.2 in 2018. In a report sent to Board Panola, the company outlined gearbox and generator systems had to be replaced 84 times at 55 turbines between 2005 and 2018. The gearbox or generator had to be replaced on 15 turbines on more than one occasion. Could I ask, is, is that normal type of maintenance or is there something unusual about the... I am, not, I, I am not 100% sure, John. I'm not au, au fait with that, but it does seem a little bit excessive. Yeah. And just as a, a matter of general interest, the actual uh, capacity of, of that particular project would be able to supply how much? It, says 50, uh, it has the potential to serve... 50,000 homes. It's 50, one, it's 1% of the uh, requirement for the grid. God, do you know something, Luke? We came across the ESB in relation to money, money point. Remember the, the botched job that took place between yeah, the... With Telenor. Huh? Telenor. Telenor, yeah. yeah. Do you remember that, Pat? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. And here is another, uh, you know, example of botchiness, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I, I agree strongly, but... I said, I, I, I have enough hot air spoken about it. We'll move on. I agree. We'll talk, we we'll 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 talk about it again. We will, but yeah. it's, it's very, very distressing. There's a big look. Um, um, on April 19, Independent Council of Geraldine O'Donoghue emailed and teach me on the matter. Request, request him to call a meeting between members of the Houses of the Loftus, European EPs, Galway County Council, Jerry Bryan, local community. ESB and Galway County Council has to discuss the very unique situation of Jerry Bryan in which Jerry Bryan had arrived. Council of Dunno offered to arrange such a meeting locally 
in the Pinsel Council Conference here in received numerous calls from cons constituents who are seeking that the wind turbines in Terrebonne be turned back on and given the energy crisis due to the energy crisis worldwide. I understand that Jerry Bryan Wind Farms has the potential to save, to save approximately 50,000 homes with green energy. So that's, that's, yeah. that's where it's left. Yeah, oh, look. Uh, look, there's another point now, just before we leave it. In addition to securing full planning permission 19 years ago, yeah. prior to construction, the wind farm has operated safely during its operation phase. That's like a contradiction to the. Isn't it well, in, I, earlier I, in the article is saying that? Yeah, the, well, I, I think the, the issue sort of arose in relation to um, the construction, the, the, con the, the construction, yeah. and because you know the landslide that I think they maintain that the landslide was caused as a result of the methods used for construction. Again, we would say we, we, without landing any of us in the in the water about the specifics of it, we might leave it for another time. But it it you're right, it, do, it doesn't read right. On right. Back back to the GA pass before oh. we finish up part one. I see. Um, uh, have you have you put in your hundred euros to buy a house? Well, in I, had it in, I had it in early, actually. Luke. Yeah, <laughs> I was one. I was one of the folks. Have you, got, right, have you got a ticket? I have a ticket. Yeah. Right. I I, I we, believe. I believe. Uh, maybe maybe next week we might move up. Exactly. To the, yeah. We might yeah. move up to the hint. Yeah. I, I, I believe Marty Morrissey is doing the draw online on Tuesday night. Yeah, Marty is It's going to, it's going to be streamed. Night, so. Yep. You know where they got the idea? From Roscommon, Ross I suppose. Do you know how much they made in? In Roscommon. I think just short of two million. Two million, yeah. Oh, God. There's, more, there's money. No, they had backing from your man, uh, the, 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 the builder. Yeah, the builder. The, the builder, yeah. yeah. What's his name? So the Cromwells, is it? No, no, Barry. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know the one. Yeah. I know the one. Yeah, I can't think of it now. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. Um, mm. yeah. Very, very impressive. So, anyway, Pat, tell us about it. Well, so, uh, Claire, Hope, uh, Claire Hope will bring in over one million to win a, win a house uh, venture. Uh, Claire T are optimistic of raising over one million to their win a house in the Hinch uh, fundraiser. North Lone has the performance of Claire T in the Hummers lifted the entire county with an altar as resulted in a boost to ticket sales of the novel fundraiser, which will see one lucky individual become the owner of a new house in the Hinch, in the school board in the Hinch next week. Nature's first is a close date for tickets to be purchased with the other prizes on offer, including a wedding reception for 100 guests in the falls in an assignment, a week-long stay up to 20 of your family and friends in the beautiful Bunglasa Lodge, a four-night stay and pay for two people in exclusive Trump, in the exclusive Trump resort in Dundee, and a family break for a long weekend in Dundee, the hotel and Spanish Point. Chairman of, of uh, KFTA came to and said approximately 9,000 9, Tickets have been sold today. We are optimistic of getting over 10,000, he said. I'd be happy once we get over the 10. Anything less than that is disappointing. We have a great opportunity to make a big return from it. If we make 500,000 pages of clubs and the county board, it has been, it has been effective. We need an, a, a few 100,000 cases of staff work in the pitches and fair law. The wild chest has been built now and we can start looking at, at grants. It, is, it has been a success. 
So I suppose if anyone, if anyone wants to join, they can join by Tuesday night. I think by six o'clock on yeah. Tuesday night. You, 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 open, you so. have two days left, <laughs> right? Two so days, so, yeah, so yeah, hurry up! You, 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 you could, we could win a house, right? Listen, I, I said I, I'm not obeying my own rules. We're well over time, but John, you had said there was one last thing you wanted to mention. Uh, students lift off for NASA. Elaine Toberly writing on page 22 in the Echo. Five Clare's secondary students flying to NASA after a group from St. Flannan's College won the NASA. Aim is space settlement contest to design an inhabitable settlement in space. Yes. Uh, Mag Mel, designed by fifth-year physics students, uh, Naeem Hack, Adam Downs, Keen Pine, Jack O'Connor, and Garon uh, Monaghan, will and will now be presented at the International Space Development Conference in Washington this week. We wish them the very best of luck. Absolutely. And congratulations to them Indeed. in relation to it. And Shannon Airport have sponsored the team, the team's flight to Washington. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure they'll be well looked after. Now, Pat, uh, you're back with the spin and the tunes. With the music. We, we yeah. had to invent a few things over the last few weeks. So, <laughs> so t tell us yes, what's happening. What's happening this week? Well, are, are we going to have a, a Spanish song or? <laughs> well, we start off with Bruce. Bruce Springsteen has announced uh, three dates in Dublin. Uh, obvious with the East Street Band for uh, May the May the fifth, May the seventh, and the ninth. In 2023, so uh, the tickets are on sale and there's big demand for them. So we'll we have a blast from Bruce there with a uh, born in the USA. Oh, born the USA, right? It'll be a short blast. We'll be back in a few minutes. <laughs> Right then, that's the boss and born in the USA. Now, uh, we are going to start uh, part two, coming back to our own neck of the woods. Sadly, we're going to start with a few tributes and unfortunately, we've had a lot of them over the last number of months. Um, we alluded to, Jim alluded to last week in relation to the late Sean Brogan, who's uh, chairperson of SCARF GA, the building that we're, we're currently in. and. Uh, on page 11 of the champion, Pat, uh, Fiona McGarry. Yes, Fiona has the story here. Late Sean Brogan is funny to remember. It's on page 11 of the club champion. And Fiona McGarry has the, has the, has the story there about that. Well, Warren Phillips has been paid the passing of Scarlett Sean Brogan, described as a man who did so much in the course of his life. Mr. Brogan of Catadana was chairperson of Scarlett GA Club. He was widely known and highly respected in sporting and political circles across the country and further afield. On Sunday last, in Music Park, headed the meeting of Clare and Waterford in the Monster Senior Holding Championship, supporters showed their respect during a minute's silence. At his funeral mass on Monday in Scarab, mourners shared fond memories of Mr. Brogan, many achievements and, in, and the impact he made on his community. Wrecking mass was concelebrated by Paris Priest, Father John McMahon and Father Fingon Maloney. Then McMahon spoke uh, Mr. Brogan, Preoccupation with the GA and remember him as a man who did so much for the young people of the parish. Tribus Bart Tree Arthur and Tudor Scaraphorming Jersey have been a formal logo, a deck of cards, a Clare County Council, high vis jacket, a child's hurley, a set of card keys, a radio, and a tie zetter tractor. 
Most was um, we we we'd like to play our, our own um, uh, symphonies to um, Sean's family. Indeed, indeed, and uh, we know in Welsh, myself and John, we, we, we were coming leaving the, 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 the building here, uh, making a few programs, and we'd meet him outside there and have a chat. Absolutely. Yeah. There's an interesting uh, point about Sean that I was thinking about in the last few days. Um, he had an interest in history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A knowledgeable young man. Yeah. Uh, I taught him, and it was a pleasure to teach him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. But, uh, he is a store of knowledge on the commonage of Capitan. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we forget mm. that um, if we don't note down, yeah, that. But I, do you get the idea? I mean, if yeah, I know a, a commonage. Yeah, you have all the all the all the yeah. people don't want to land and yeah, with the old ways and yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right. Now, John, from one man, I suppose, that could be described as larger than life, we'll say, from Scarif, sadly, we lost another man, uh, probably a little bit more, um, more man used to working in the background, the late William MacLeod, but who has also had a significant impact on the people of Eve Clare, and you knew William well. Yes, I knew William. Yes. The MacLeister family left an indelible print on East Clare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's a, uh, an expression of sympathy by the councillors at the local meeting of uh, the Killaloo Municipal District, sort of just, I'd say, illustrated yeah. that as well. And just um, page 13 in the champion you just sort of see what William does not a man that would have been going out to sort of you know court a lot of publicity unlike some other people that sort of are in the country and sort of further abroad but basically some of the things that he did Raheen Hospital support group a wonderful advocate a long-serving board member one of the founders of Derrick Credit Union um, Honorary President of Tungraney Handball Club, East Clare Golf Club, Long Association, and East Clare, the Memorial Committee, would say that worked with William in relation to honouring his father, Edward MacLeisett, back in 2005. And uh, there is a, a memory to Edward MacLeisett in the park in Tungraney. That is a and of course, they gave a lot of employment in East Clare over the years as well, Luke. With absolutely, the, with, the, with, the, with the nursery, with the nursery yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, we said. And, I said, may, may, may him, may William and Sean both rest in peace. Please, yeah. Indeed. Now, we're going to move on, sort of to like the, the popular topic of the day is sort of the war in Ukraine and refugees. And in page, uh, where are we? Page seven of the champion, mm -hmm. uh, there are two articles, communities in East Clare rally around refugees, Dan Danaher is writing and actually Dan is writing the two of them. And then there's a second article with a picture of a group of Ukrainian men who are staying in the scout centre at Two Mile Gate near Killaloo. So the Killaloo Belna Family Resource Centre has been one of the main stakeholders that has coordinated a multi-agency community response to help the refugees settle into the Killaloo Scout Centre 
in Two Mile Gate. And I know, John, previously we, we sort of wondered uh, were there many people from Ukraine being housed around here. Uh, little did we know that uh, uh, Pat and Kathleen McNamara were uh, strongly at work up in Flagmount doing great work up there as well. And this is just another um, side that we'll say from one end of our constituency down to the others, from, from the, the hills of Kilneen and Flagmount down to the lake shore at Two Mile Gate. So, Pat. I see a hundred more has come into Shannon as well. Just looking at looking at another hundred in Shannon there this week. Uh, yeah. Coming. Yeah. Um, there's over there's uh, nearly two and a half thousand in Clare now, uh, which is, is a lot, like I suppose. And I suppose they'll probably be still coming because the the war is still on there, and there's uh, I I heard yesterday and this is very happened, but there was a huge amount of, of uh, Ukrainian soldiers being killed at the. They were beginning, the Russians were beginning more, more, more power to, to overcome them. Yeah. Well, well it's great to see um, all the communities around, um, around County Clare and East Clare looking after those people as well. Like, you know, when, you, when you come, it's yeah. like closing your back and, and you, you need somewhere to, 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 to lie down. And, yeah. Indeed, and I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll be hearing and, and uh, talking about it for many months to come because that, that isn't going to stop anytime soon. Now, before we carry on in relation to probably housing issues, John, yeah. there's one issue that I forgot to mention in part one, which is very close to your heart and that you want to talk about. Yes. Well, Jessica Quinn has a most interesting report here on a project that has been ongoing in County Clare. Uh, this, this is page four in the Champion. Page four in the Champion. And the project was concerned with collecting our attempting to collect uh, songs, uh, Gaelic songs from the county, okay? Uh, and it was uh, Dermot White, the Fritja, who has led this. The title of the project is Duchas is Dochas, Heritage and Hope. And it, it will be launched by the Clare Arts Office and the Irish Traditional Music Archive this Saturday in Cultural Sweeney Kilkey. It's a very interesting thing, Luke. Songs that hadn't been heard, Irish songs, and they have he has unearthed hundreds of them. And you could well ask the question: what's the origin of that? Well, after the Battle of Kinsale, you remember from your old days in History class. Of course, John, you yeah, taught yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> you can remember that we had the flight of the earls. Yes. Okay, in 1607. Battle of Kinsale in 1603. And the flight of the earls, 1607. And all the, the, the aristocrats, the Gaelic aristocrats, who had been patrons for the bards and the music that they produced, these departure of the of the earls and the various chieftains to the continent meant that the patron for the poet or bard was now no longer available. So to make a living, the, the these bards, who would have been highly respected in their previous generation, they now began to compose music for their new listeners, the peasantry. And it marked the beginning of what we call the Auron, 
okay? The song. And the search went on then in this project of, of uh, White. The search uh, went on to see if they could identify songs from the 18th century. And they have successfully done that. And this will become a major archive. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, we look forward to it. And I'd say there was probably a few songs unearthed in 1995 and 97, Pat, about yeah. Claire Horlers. Absolutely. And, 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 and hopefully a few more in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Now, listen, lads, yeah. clock, clock, clock is against us big, big time. Uh, page nine, uh, we're going to finish with a few housing issues, uh, housing questions. Yeah. And housing is one of the big issues of the day. Yeah. And um, there are two proposed developments that are sort of... Uh, currently gaining a bit of uh, attention in the papers. The council has sent back uh, nine aspects of a housing pro proposal in Mount Shannon uh, have been queried by the council, which is basically uh, an approved housing body seeking to build 11 social homes and two apartments in Mount Shannon has been sent back to the drawing board by Clare County Council writes Fiona McGarry. Uh, Inish Housing Association lodged plans for housing of various sites and design. I think, John, you spoke with the people involved in that on the Chronicle as well. We did. You know, yeah. in, in relation to it. But basically, the, uh, it appears that there's archaeological uh, impact assessment uh, and test excavations are required to take place. That uh, Let's see now, the request follows a submission on the project from the Development Applications Unit of the Department of Housing, Heritage and Local Government. They noted that the potential cumulative impact must be considered as a significant factor as the immediately adjacent lands to the north in ownership are noted as a site for future development and the proposed developments incorporates elements in relation to that. It seems that uh, archaeological concerns are uh, there and there's, I think there's sort of smaller issues in relation to footpaths and stuff like that as well. So that, that's back to the drawing board and I think they have six months to send back in their, their yeah. information in relation to that. A, a bit disappointing, but hopefully it'll get sorted. Yeah, it's, it's a, it, adds, it adds cost to the, to the, the project as well, but with all those type of stuff going on. Well, you yeah. have to bring in archaeologists and have to do the... Do, yeah, do yeah abs absolutely it does. And the last bit that we have time for uh, this evening, uh, there is on page 13 of the champion, which is, we'll say, our own neck of the woods, East and yeah. South East Clare. Objector fears concrete jungle with Tungrani development. And Fiona right in relation to that as well. Look, uh, what is that? <clears throat> what is that? Um, well, basically there's a proposal by a, de uh, a developer to build 52 houses. 52. Yeah. Michael yeah. uh, Pennell. Yeah, down Redden's Key, which is, you're going down to yes. the harbour. Yeah. And there, uh, one, uh, Fiona writes, today one detailed submission has been made. Yeah. And they have listed 15 concerns about the proposed development. So, look, like everything, we, I said, the planning process is open to everybody and anyone can make a submission or, you know, make an objection or, you know, whatever else like that. Is the village to, able to, to service well, from a, a sewer, large developer? From a sewerage point of view, absolutely it could, yeah. I, I, there would be concerns, I think, in relation to um, the amount of housing and the road down. The road down isn't the widest and I, I don't see a huge potential to make it much wider. You know, yeah. So there are issues that would need to be dealt with and I'd say you could, with that amount of traffic going down that road, I'd say you, you might be looking at putting traffic lights in because it's a, it's a dangerous enough junction really? coming out. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there, there would be concerns. In, I suppose uh, 
that concerns as well that you know, the Dublin that popul Dublin the housing of the village the house that are adding so many houses to the yeah, village. Yeah, but you see, now, I'll play devil's advocate here. Uh, on one hand, we're given out about, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, plans yeah. for 50 houses. On the other yeah. hand, we're sort of roaring about the national schools not having enough, enough, uh, people, uh, yeah. enough people. And, yeah. you know, that we're Here's in danger of losing now, students and yeah. are, we're in danger yeah. of losing teachers. Right, listen. Well, I, I think, we, we, you know, uh, we'd, we'd all love to see properly development properly done and, 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 and it helps communities, you know. Absolutely. And it helps schools. And like I said, rural Clare, rural Ireland in general, is sort of, as we know, is sort of yeah. dying on, on its feet. Listen, before we go, Pat, there was no uh, victory socials while you were gone. So there's a few, there's lovely pictures there on page the 22 of the yeah. champion that you, you, you saw. The Ina Kilimone yeah. victory socials. So. We're, we're, we're having their socials, so yeah. of course we have to Indeed, they were. Yeah. After, after COVID. Exactly. Now, listen, Pat, we're done. And who are we finishing up with? Well, this was, as we as we have been talking about uh, holidays in Spain, we love Viva Hill of Spain from 1974. Excellent stuff. And it's from Who's singing you? Sylvia Vertenhemmen. Ah, Syl Sylvia, <laughs> we, we'll sing it. Listen, hopefully I'm relegated next week and uh, that uh, Jim and... Uh, David, come back onto the A-team. John Kelly, uh, John S., thank you very much. You're welcome. Pat O'Brien, thank you very much. Thank you. And we shall leave with a bit of Viva España, and next week, Pat, you'll be sort of having the banner roar out, and you'll be on your way to Torres. Okay. Okay, that's it. Take care, and goodbye. J'aimerais danser ta musique, et vivre.